Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. Now that we've taken a look at the Sexual Response Cycle, or SRC, we know that a sexual experience involves far more than physical hydraulics and mechanics. For us humans, sex is fabulous and sometimes fanciful adult playground that engages not only our bodies, but also our minds, emotions, and spirit. Prior attempts to understand human sexuality have focused on specific aspects of that experience, the succession of phases through which it plays out, or the difference between male and female sexual experiences, or the differing contributions of our subconsciously generated emotions and our conscious thoughts and decisions. It's instructive to try to assemble all of those individual puzzle pieces into a unified whole. That's what I tried to do with my 2015 doctoral dissertation on the Emotional Mental Physical, or EMP, model of the sexual response cycle. The title of my dissertation is a mouthful, a conceptual model for the physical, mental, and emotional factors that define the human male and female sexual response cycles. That title calls out the nature of the model, conceptual rather than, say, physiological or psychological, its multidimensional nature, physical, mental, and emotional factors, and, through my intentional use of cycles, plural, rather than cycle, a recognition of the reality that the male and female experiences of sexuality are somewhat different from each other, as well as having many similarities. Let's get into some specifics. My goals for the EMP model were twofold. First, as a comprehensive picture of the various factors that play into a sexual experience and their interactions, I see EMP as a great educational tool. There's a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding about the SRC floating around in the world. Second, EMP is potentially valuable as a therapeutic diagnostic tool to deal with sexual dysfunction. The various kinds of dysfunction break the SRC at different points. By indicating where those points lie, EMP might provide insight into what interventions might help alleviate a particular sexual issue. We'll look at sexual dysfunction and at EMP-based insights into that in a future post. In keeping with the nature of sex, EMP is a multidimensional model. It encompasses the influences of physical, emotional, and mental factors that all play into a sexual experience. On the physiological plane, there's a lot going on in sex. Humoral or hormonal agents such as epinephrine, norepinephrine, and nitric oxide promote vasodilation in both genitals and breasts. The neurotransmitter dopamine mediates the rewarding, pleasurable aspects of sex, while oxytocin helps consolidate the deep emotional bonds that can form between lovers. Keenly attuned sensations drive the action patterns or motor processing that accompany sex, such as the sexual lordosis position in mammals. On the cognitive plane, there's every bit as much complexity. Here, I'm using the term cognitive to cover both conscious and subconscious mental processes. On the subconscious plane, sex generates very strong emotions, such as lust, affection, and euphoria. Sensations originating at the physiological level are subconsciously processed to determine what's deemed sexy, and this can happen without, and before, our conscious awareness. 
That's probably the basis for the attraction that some people feel for sexual situations that their conscious mind might reject, such as rape fantasies. A lot of the more complicated cognitive processing of sexual experiences happens at the level of conscious cognition. That's where all of our beliefs and attitudes come into play to, at least sometimes, determine how we actually respond to sexual opportunities. We might consciously decide to steer clear of that handsome guy or beautiful woman in whom we sense an off-putting, creepy vibe. We might also decide that our religious beliefs put some sexual opportunities off-limits that we would otherwise find attractive. Our awareness of social approval or disapproval might bias who we choose to date or spend intimate time with. It's complicated stuff, and it involves all aspects of who we are as individuals. That includes both our nature, for example our preferences, and our nurture, for example our upbringing. In recent posts, we've covered the work of several of the leading pioneers in the understanding of the sexual response cycle. People such as Masters and Johnson, Helen Singer Kaplan, Gina Ogden, Rosemary Basson, John Bancroft, and Eric Johnson. EMP tries to take the next step in understanding of the SRC. The EMP model is a three-ring circus or a three-layer cake, pick your preferred metaphor, with the physical or physiological factors that enter into the SRC at the bottom, the subconscious emotional aspects in the middle tier, and the conscious mental components in the top layer. These three layers are interconnected, they interact with each other. Within each layer there are a set of states that describe what one is experiencing at a particular point in time. The EMP model describes each of these states as well as the conditions or changes in circumstances that cause a transition from one state to another. This sort of model is abstract, but it turns out to be a very good way of describing the overall changes that occur throughout the sexual response cycle. The physiological layer includes a state in which a person is in sexual neutral, when in that state they're not feeling sexy. That level also contains a free-floating drive state that reflects one's current degree of sexual appetite. We all know that our sex drive varies. It can change over time and different people seem to experience different levels of drive. That's probably associated with differing levels of the hormone testosterone in both men and women. If our subconscious assessment of a stimulus or sexual opportunity registers it as sexy, and if our mental state does not veto that assessment, we can enter into a state of sexual arousal. If that continues to increase, we can exceed an orgasmic threshold. If that happens, a happy event. We experience a collection of physical effects that include rhythmic muscular contractions and a state of intense pleasure. After that runs its course, our signs of sexual arousal gradually abate during a post-orgasmic or detumescent state. During the orgasmic and post-orgasmic states, we're pretty much on autopilot. Our bodies automatically go through the physical events that define those states. The emotional level doesn't include a lot of complicated states, but it is really the main gatekeeper as to whether sexual arousal occurs and plays out or not. In its first role, our subconscious cognitive processes determine whether to classify a sexual opportunity or stimulus as sexual or not. Again, that happens below the level of our consciousness and it happens quickly, more quickly than our conscious processes. Then, our subconscious processes weigh a large number of factors, such as the current experience of physical pleasure, 
the associations we've formed regarding prior sexual experiences with a given person, our conscious appraisal and beliefs regarding the sexual opportunity, and other things. The conclusions from that subconscious appraisal process either allow desire or receptiveness to increase and physical arousal to grow, or they shut down both of those processes. That's a powerful role to play in the SRC. The mental layer is the most complex part of the EMP model of the sexual response cycle. As for the physical layer, an individual who is not currently in a sexual experience is presumed to be in a neutral or non-sexy, unattentive state. If a sexy stimulus is recognized subconsciously at the emotional level, that stimulus event also then becomes recognized at the conscious mental level. Once that happens, a conscious appraisal process begins involving the person's beliefs and attitudes and goals. The outcome of that appraisal process is then one of two possibilities. The sexual opportunity is deemed interesting and the desire builds to make the person sexually receptive, or the opportunity is rejected and the person eventually returns to the neutral, unattentive state. If the appraisal was positive, sexual excitement builds, physiological arousal is allowed to build, and, if the orgasmic threshold is exceeded, the person enters a state of mental release, which is the conscious component of orgasm. That is then followed by proceeding into the mental resolution state, which is the conscious part of the post-orgasmic state. Once that ends, the person is back in the neutral or unattentive state. The various states that are found in the three EMP levels can be organized into three successive phases of the sexual response cycle. The first of these is the appetitive phase, during which sexual opportunities are recognized and appraised. The second stage is that those which are deemed worthy of pursuit can lead to entry into a consummatory phase, during which mental desire can grow or be extinguished, and during which sexual arousal can also increase. During that phase, physical arousal that exceeds the orgasmic threshold can trigger orgasm in the physical layer and release in the mental layer. Arousal that stays below the orgasmic threshold leads to a decline of both desire and arousal, returning the person to an unaroused and unattentive state. In the third phase, if orgasm occurs, the consummatory phase is followed by a satiety phase, during which recovery from orgasm occurs. This is the period of the SRC during which partners can feel the warm glow of a satisfying sexual experience. It's also the time during which bonding can occur between partners, mediated by a spike in the hormone oxytocin. This phase draws its name from the satisfaction that the partners can feel. At the end of the satiety phase, the person is back in the unaroused and unattentive state, where they may await occurrence of the next sexual opportunity. In future posts, we'll look at some of the many misconceptions about sex that are found in our society. We'll also examine some of the kinds of dysfunction or failure that can occur in the SRC for both men and women. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors website at twoopendoors.com and the Two Open Doors private Facebook group. Finally, I invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.